I'm, I, when I met Ellen, um, I, she gave me, she says it wasn't, you know, wasn't right, but she gave me the impression she had some money. And, and so, you know, I married her, and I, then I said to her, where's the money? And she didn't have any. But never mind. We've survived. But the Lord is good to us. Now, I, I want to talk to you. I actually want to um, uh, look into Matthew chapter 7 and um, talk to you about some verses here. And I, I think I'll probably be teaching and not preaching. So if, you, if you're accustomed to an altar call, we may not be having an altar call, but we may. We don't know. Uh, but I do want to go to Matthew chapter 7. It's fantastic to be back here in Northside. We, we love coming here. We love coming to Melbourne. But this church is special to us, and uh, the butchers are special to us, and we, we consider it a privilege to be able to come. And um, it sort of sounds like the presbyter's checking up. If I'm supposed to be checking up, maybe next time we'll come up and I'll, I'll, I'll give out things for you to fill in. So you, But I, I don't feel like I'm here to check up. I'm, I'm, I'm here if, if the pastor wants me to come and visit, we can come and visit. So... I say to him, you, you want me to visit? And he says yes. And I'm really glad that he says yes. Because we love the fellowship with the family and we, we love the fellowship with this church as well. So uh, that's a good thing. I, I'm, I think being presbyter is a good job. It, keeps us, it doesn't allow us to be in our own church all the time. But it's a real privilege to get around and meet with the other churches. We're so blessed in doing that. And we appreciate being able to do that. So we want to have a look at Matthew chapter 7. And I want to talk to you about uh, commitment. And um, I want to start at verse 21. Um, I don't know where Matthew is. Here's Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. I want to start at verse 21. But interestingly enough, uh, verse 13 be really begins this by saying, Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And you're in the house of God today, you have an opportunity to find salvation if you haven't found it. And for us that have found salvation, uh, we, uh, we, don't, we do not believe that works will save you. You cannot be good enough to get God. Salvation is by grace. It's the unmerited favor of God. But if we believe that he died for our sins, uh, then it will cause us to do some things. And the actions don't save us, but you can tell whether I really believe in God by the actions that I portray. The things I do says whether I belong to the world or belong to God. And, uh, and so these verses I'm talking to you about are talking about the way we behave. But as Christians, don't think that uh, uh, works are not an important thing. The Bible is full of it. As a matter of fact, in uh, the Melbourne church, in Limbrook at the moment, I'm teaching the book of James. And, uh, and if you want to find a book that's about works, James is the book about works. In fact, um, um, some Bibles have it right down the back because... They don't feel they can kick it out, but because he talks about works, they, they want to, they'd like to get rid of it. The best place to do it was to put it right down the back. So if you've seen uh, some versions and you find 
Um, James right down the back, that's why it is, because they're, they're not prepared to kick it out. But he talks about works. Jesus talks about works. So those who don't want me to talk about works, those that don't care, I'm going to be talking to you today. The others ought to listen, though, honestly. I think you should. Father, we come to you right now, and we just pray that you have your way as we open your scriptures, that you would speak to us. Lord, that we would be better people for being in your house, that we would allow your word to speak to us afresh this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. So, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 27. I might do something strange. Brother Butcher, if you'd like to read that for me. Thank you very much. So uh, people can be deceived. You can be deceived. Um, I remember um, many years ago, Jonestown. Who remembers about Jonestown? Three people, five. Back in the good old days, Jonestown. Now, in Jonestown, uh, many of those people that were involved in Jonestown, Jones was a man, and he seduced people to come with him and he was a spiritual leader to them Uh, and uh, many of the people that went into his organization were spirit filled that almost blows my mind but they wanting something deeper in this man speaking and uh, what they did eventually they all took arsenic at the same time so they all they killed themselves at the same time because their spiritual leader told them I guess they're going to get to heaven today. And so they all drink arsenic today and die at the same time. And uh, those people were deceived. A lot of those people were sincere people, but they were sincerely wrong. And uh, so if it can happen to others, it can happen to us. We need our spirit. We, you need to trust your pastor. But our spiritual leader ultimately is Jesus Christ. And we, we, want, we want people that line up with the Word of God. We want preachers who are preaching the Word of God where we're not surprised and, uh, and we think, where are they going with this? And so uh, I just want you to understand that it's easy for us to be deceived and we can deceive ourselves. That's the biggest problem is that we can deceive ourselves. We think everything's all right. But everything isn't all right. And uh, verse 22 uh, said, in part, 
many will say, many will say, this is, this is talking about judgment day, the, 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 um, uh, the white throne judgment, that's what it's talking about. And Jesus is saying, on that day, many will say, and they will come up with an expectation. There is honestly, they really expect to be accepted in. They will say to him, many will say this, many will say that, but they are not. He will say to them, I don't know you. So they are personally deceived because of what they think uh, salvation is, basically. Uh, and so these people, the many, are going to be astonished. It's, it's almost like they go, oh, what happened? Although I believe that everybody that doesn't, everybody that is lost at the white throne judgment will not be able to say it's not fair. They'll actually understand why they're there. But we hear things like, uh, just believe in your heart. You can go to churches where they will tell you, just believe in your heart and you're saved. But that, that is a deception. And if we embrace that, we are deceiving ourselves. Uh, another thing that they sometimes say is, uh, just accept Jesus into your heart. <clears throat> The Bible doesn't say that. And so if you think that we just accept Jesus, sounds good. But if we, just, if we think we just accept Jesus into our hearts, uh, we are deceiving ourselves. <clears throat> I remember um, when we were coming to truth, we wanted to find out the truth. We, 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 were, we were in another organization, uh, lovely people, uh, genuine sincere but we found out there was a plan of salvation that we hadn't heard about and when we started to look into this we went to somebody in the church uh, and uh, if you know uh, Ellen did I, I, was, I was ready to do what the Bible said but Ellen wasn't and so we went to uh, people in the Baptist church that we were in, that's where the church it was um, we went and uh, we saw a person that we trusted in the church. And that person said to Ellen, if you can't believe for yourself, believe me, you are saved. That's an, that was a kind thing to say, wasn't it? That was a kind thing. If you can't believe for yourself, believe me, you're saved. We walked out of that house and I said to Ellen, I'm not sure about that. You're going you're gonna, to... You're gonna, Put your salvation, put your trusting salvation in Him. Uh, you know, if you if you want to go that way, you can. But she was baptized in Jesus' name. She actually was filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, there is a way, and we need to come the way of that God wants us to come, and we can't afford to deceive ourselves. And uh, and we we the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we understand that God the that God, that Jesus died for the sins of all humanity. Is that right? He died for all, all sinners. But that doesn't mean all sinners are saved. So that He's died, the whole world can have the same opportunity, but we have to do something about taking hold of it and having applied to our lives. So salvation is sitting there, available to all men, but are we going to take hold of it or not? And if we're going to get hold of it, we need to get hold of the right thing. We don't need men telling us, oh, you just do this or you just do that. 
But on the day of Pentecost, they declared that you needed to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so we need to have it applied to our lives. And if you're sitting here and you haven't had the gospel applied to your life, you are still in your sins. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I'll let you... I'm off my notes. I'll get into trouble. And my voice is going to conk out before I finish. And the, the thing is, I want to be in the church that, G, that Peter is in. The early church. I want to be in the church that Paul is in. I want to be in that church. I'll feel comfortable in that church. I actually think they're heading to heaven. And therefore, I'm happy to be in the same church. And I'm, I don't believe anywhere... The gospel has been repealed and we have a, a new revelation. It's the same message. And we need to preach the same message. We need to apply the same message. So actually, uh, superficial doctrine, uh, that, that false assurance, is one of the most common causes of deception in this world. Just that thing that they say. It's not biblical they're not drawing from the Word of God, but they just make it sound so easy. Don't even have, they don't even talk about sin. And you can get to heaven. 1 John 2, chapter 2, verse 4 says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. When we come to God, we want to do what's pleasing to God. <clears throat> I may be unique. I, I look unique. Uh, but... I've actually, I've actually found out a trick. And if you're married, man, you, you might like to listen to this or you're going to get married. I found out a trick. If I want to have a good married life, I, I ought to try and please Ella. Now, she, she might want me to do some things that I really don't want to do, but probably I'd be best to do. I actually, this morning, this morning, I was at the butchers. And I was quite impressed. I, I don't think I'll pick this up, but... Brother Butcher was getting all the garbage and he took the garbage out. And I thought to myself, he's done that before because he's got a system. You know, you don't have a system when you only do it once. If Alan said to me, take the garbage out, I'd sort of, where's the bin? You know, but, but I get it easier than most of you. But, but there are things I ought to do. If I want to please her, I'll do things. I won't just say to her, oh, I want you to know I love my wife. Uh, you know, I really love her. I, I need to be doing some things for, for this relationship to maintain. And it's the same with Jesus Christ. If I love him, I will do what he loves. And it's not because I'm trying to earn something, but I love him, so I want to please him. And you will see it in our behavior. Christians are different from the world. And as this world gets worse and worse, we, you ought to be different. You ought to stick out like a sore thumb because of the things you do. Not just, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus. But it's seen in the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you dress, every part of your life. So Jesus sets out a uh, uh, choice between obedience and disobedience to his teaching. And the interesting thing is that um, he points out two unacceptable alternatives. And the first is merely 
a verbal profession. If I say, I love Jesus, I belong to Jesus till the cows come home, it proves nothing. And uh, so that's demonstrated in verses 21 to 23. The second is a merely intellectual knowledge of Jesus. No, you can know the Bible backwards. doesn't mean you're saved. You need to put the Bible into practice <clears throat> to have salvation. And that's in verses 24 to 27. And neither of those substitute for obedience. Obedience is important. When I'm not, I hope you guys aren't, I'm not offended by the word obedience. I'm happy to, to yield myself to Jesus Christ. It feels good. I have a confidence. Actually, I have a relationship with Jesus and you ought to be able to see it in my actions. feels good. Our relationship with the Lord is everything. We, do we really know Him? Do you really know Him? But even a better question is, more important question is, does He know you? So I can say, I know him, I know him, I know him. But does he know me? And in this scripture that we read, the problem with is, he actually said, I don't know you. Now, I don't want you to be sitting here in fear of whether I'm going to get to heaven or you're going to get to heaven. You need to have a made up mind that causes you to live a Christ-like kind of life that you have absolute certainty that you're getting to heaven because you're walking according to the word. If, we are, if, we, if our heart is in this and our behavior is in this, we are getting to heaven. So Matthew, we'll read it again. And I, I, I want to start with uh, the danger of merely verbal profession. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wondrous works and then will I prefer, profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. It's amazing. Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Didn't we do something else? And the answer is yes. But I never knew you. Department from me, you workers of iniquity, you sinners, depart from me. And, and we cannot afford that to happen in our lives. And the reason, I, I, I think the reason that people, they apply the name of Jesus to healing, to many, many things. And so they see many things. And it's by the power of Jesus' name. Because I don't actually think he's a respecter of persons. And if I, if I, if I actually think that he's likely to heal somebody if I lay my hands on them and pray for them in Jesus' name. He responds to the power of his name. He also responds to the faith that we're exercising in that name in claiming that healing. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? He responds to faith. But faith, just faith doesn't mean that I'm getting to heaven. He responds to his name because his name is above every name. There's power in the name of Jesus, so he responds. But it doesn't mean that just because I, he blesses me in that way that I'm right with God. Jesus blesses sinners, but he, they need to come to God. 
our final des- destination, our final destiny is determined by whether we do what we say, whether, we, whether our profession is accompanied by actions. And these people, they profess the, the Lord, Lord. They, 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 I believe they use his name, but they haven't had it applied to their lives. They use it uh, in, in seeing miraculous things, but they haven't have had it applied to their personal lives. A personal or, or verbal profession in Christ or of Christ is important. I'm not saying you shouldn't say that, you, that he is your Lord. We ought to confess that we are children of God. We ought to let it come out of our mouths that we have a trust and a confidence in God. It needs to come out. Tell it. Tell it to everybody. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us that if thou confessest with the, thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Its profession is important, but it's not everything. Is that all right to say it like that? It's very important, but it's not everything. And with these people, they say, uh, Lord, Lord. They're actually saying to Lord, Lord. They're not saying, Sir, Sir. They're actually calling him. They're, calling him. they're basically saying, Yahweh, Yahweh, at the judgment seat. That's what they're saying, the white throne judgment. They're saying, God, God, Jehovah, Jehovah. That's what they're saying. And yet he doesn't know them. Now these people, they are, they are, um, they are seen as Christian people. You know, if if you're seeing things happen, if you pray for somebody and they get healed, for example, they're seen as Christian people. They look like Christian people. Uh, that they, they 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 profess the name of Jesus in applying it to miracles, signs, wonders. That's what's happened with these people. But the problem is. That um, the problem is that they uh, they apply his name, but they haven't had his name applied to them, and so at the white throne judgment they hear, "Depart from me, you workers of iniquity." They hear, actually hear him saying that. It sounds like they're not expecting it because they're such lovely people, but they're not known by God, and the reason they're not known is because they haven't dealt with the sin question in their lives. And that's the problem with... with if, you, if you're offering people less than, than faith in God, repentance, baptism, infilling the Holy Ghost, and living a holy life, if we're declaring less than that, we're declaring less than what they need to be in eternity with Jesus Christ. Those issues are important. And, that, and there are a lot of churches that are preaching things, but they are not declaring the plan of God. But we have to have that applied to our lives. Matthew twenty four twenty four tells us, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, 
they shall deceive even the very elect. Okay, they look good. And what we're, we're, seeing the, we're seeing the signs. We're not chasing after signs. I hope you're not chasing after signs. We're chasing after Jesus Christ. And we have seen, we have seen things just the last few weeks. We've seen some amazing things happen. But we're not chasing after signs. We're chasing after Jesus Christ. But we expect the miraculous. <laughs> seen it too often not, not to think it doesn't happen. We expect the miraculous. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Embrace the truth. Get it into you and it will cause a changed lifestyle. So their profession, their profession of, uh, of Jesus is with their lips, but it's going no further than that. It's just coming from their lips. Luke 6 and 46 says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? I can ask that of you. Why call him Lord, Lord, if you're not doing the things that he asks you to do? That's what he wants. He, he does want obedience. It is important to God. It might not be important to you, but obedience is important to God. There's a vital difference between saying and doing. And we need to understand that. Colossians 3.17 tells us, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And the thing is, that includes baptism. Many people do everything in the name of Jesus but baptism. But doing everything, I think, at the top of the list is, is baptism. It's the top of the list, you know. If you, if you won't do that, why would you do other things? Well, I'll do everything else, but hold back on the name of Jesus in, uh, in baptism. And I actually think, I think baptism in Jesus' name washes away your sins. It, 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 it has an... It has a, it's not, it's not just an outward expression of an inward experience. It, it is, it is I, I was buried with Christ in baptism. And I can tell you why. I've probably told you before, but I'll tell you why he, we get baptized in water. Because if I had to go into a grave and my Brother Butch had to throw all the dirt on me and then dig me out again, I might be dead. But he can baptize me in water. And that's recognized as being buried with Christ. It feels good. I mean, I don't have to stay down for a long time. You can get me out quick. <laughs> but I want to do it. I want to do it. And we, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, there's a baptismal tank right there. And that, that, they'll probably fill it fairly quickly. It's probably even got hot and cold water. You know, who remembers back in the good old days? Yeah, the cold water. Middle of winter, raining. Yeah, bucketing down and... Ugh. And once you go under, you get warm. You know, it does. Once, the, once your breath's taken away, you know, it sort of gets better. But, but I, I was buried with Christ. And, and uh, it, it, this is, you don't, you don't have to feel anything. When I was baptized, I came out of the water, I felt like a massive weight had been lifted off of me. And I, actually, we, we prayed afterwards, and I was crying because I felt so bad that I'd put such a big weight on Jesus. So much weight had been lifted off of me. And, I, and I, I actually said to him then, I don't want to ever pick it up again. And I failed him. But that's why we need to say, God, I'm sorry. And not leave it for, you know, I'll do it next Christmas. 
No, no, I'll do it today. I'll offend him today. Put it right today because I don't want to get that burden again. That was for my, in my life, was very heavy. And you don't have to feel it, but I just felt it that way. It's just the way how I felt. Luke chapter 10, verse 20 tells us, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's the thing to get excited about. Not the, not the miracles, the signs, the wonders, but your name's written in the name's book of life. Philippians 3 and 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and being made conformable unto his death. Now we talk about the death, burial and resurrection. That scripture actually talks about the resurrection. And then it talks about uh, his sufferings. And then it talks about being made conformable to his death. Paul was somebody that made a commitment to God and then he started to find out some pressures came on him and he was happy that I may know him, I may know him and the power of his resurrection and Holy Ghost experience and the fellowship I'm prepared to suffer with him, the fellowship of his sufferings and being made conformable to his death. Paul was willing to die out for Jesus Christ. It's going to cost him something and we need to be people uh, that feel the same way. So really, confession, it's more than a confession. It's what you're doing. And when the, the white throne judgment comes, will he say to you, depart from me, I never knew, knew you? Or will he know who you are? Does he know now who you are? Are you really a child of God? And so I also want to look at the danger of merely intellectual knowledge. And that's in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. And uh, here it talks about those uh, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. That rock is Christ, by the way, if I forget to tell you later. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So this is two, uh, two people and uh, these are people that have knowledge. One puts that knowledge into action and the other one just has knowledge. And uh, uh, it's important that we, we need to get this um, we need to get this book out of this and into our hearts. Because when things happen, we can't run to a Bible or a concordance and find the Scripture and then look at the Scripture. We need to get some of this into here so that when battles and difficulties come, it's here already. When the trials come and you think, well, hang on, I'd better give the pastor a call, really, you're running on empty. And uh, back in the good old days, before my time, uh, I just can't imagine when a problem happened in Paul's day, they decided to get on the phone and have a chat to Paul and say, Paul, I need you to pray for me because everything's going wrong. Paul wanted the people in his churches to have an experience where they knew how to call on God and get the answer from God because Paul was so, some thousands of miles away probably. And we need to... We, 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 we're getting wishy-washy Christians 
And so we, we dive for the telephone instead of diving for the Word of God. And, and we, we, we're doing these things as a knee-jerk reaction to problems. We need to be people that get this into us and it's precious to us and we can call on it when problems come. We have the, the Scripture in our heart that we can express it out and we can speak to our problems. We have a confidence in God because God does things and I don't have to go and try and find where is this. It's in here and I've got it right. You know, I, I heard that the young people are doing uh, uh, Bible quizzing. It's a good thing. It's getting scripture into you. And you may not retain it all, but you'll retain enough of it uh, that you'll be able to call upon it. You'll, you'll, you'll hear a preacher preaching. You, well, and even when you're learning it, you'll th- be thinking about it. It's good for you. Uh, old fogies, it's probably good for you as well. It's, we need it. I'm just trying to tell you we need it. Get it into us. And these, these builders, it's all, about, it's all about what we're doing with the Word of God. Is it just sitting on a page or is it in us and it's motivating us? So, um, so these men, they both had the same desire. They wanted to build a house. Uh, they, I just imagine they built in the same locality. I don't think one was here and one was in Melbourne. They were building in the same locality. Uh, they built identical homes. They looked, they looked the same. The only difference was in the foundation. That's the only thing that was different. And externally, there was no discernible difference. However, the difference was fundamental. So you look, you know, especially here in Perth, some beautiful houses. You look at the houses and you think they're beautiful houses. And what you can see, you're impressed with. But what's underneath? I remember helping a man in the church to build his house. And... um, and um, he was doing it himself, and he knew what he was doing. And they, they were pouring the, the foundations. Uh, they got the trucks in, you know, all the trucks come in to pour the foundations. I won't mention whose name, because you know. And, um, and uh, he, we were there helping him. And the way I was helping him at one stage was I, had my, I was sit, sitting on the ground with my feet pushing against the boxing because while they were pouring the concrete, it was all spreading and... He actually had a whole lot of sand had fallen in, you know, dug it out, but it was sandy and all the sand had fallen in. So here the trucks are pouring and we've got our feet along the sides trying to hold it so it doesn't blow out too much. Oh, it's not a good house. You know, it's still, I think it's still there. It's in Adelaide. But, but I think it's still there. But you can buy it, but I wouldn't buy it. Because of this scripture, by the way. It's, the foundation is important. And in our lives, you might have a shonky foundation on your house. Ellen's got a house with a shonky foundation. And it's got a split. It's got a split up on the ceiling. It tells me there's some. So what we did was we painted it. Came back. Split's still there. It just didn't take long, probably a fortnight. Split was back. That's a bad foundation. You can buy a house when it is, though. So, it, we talk about houses, but we're talking about our lives. And we need to have good foundations in our lives. So a casual observer wouldn't see the difference, but there's a massive difference. And it's only when the storm broke and both houses were battered with the great ferocity and there was rain on the roof and there was floods on the foundation, the wind on the walls, one stood and one didn't. And you couldn't see the difference until the pressures came. 
And you, saint of God, where are you really? Are you, are you people that are founded on Jesus Christ? Are you, are you practicing what is preached? Have you got the word of God in your heart to an extent where you are doing the word of God, not just hearing it, not knowing it? Not, we're not talking about being able to quote it, but it's in you and it's motivating you because when the problems come, it's the word of God in you being lived out in you that is going to be manifest. When the, pro- promise, when the pro- problems come, the sheep and the goat will be separated. You, you will know who you really are. And we, when the problems come, and problems do come in everyone's lives, when the problems come, we want you still in the house of God. We don't want those problems to drive you out those doors, but we want you to be people that know how to put their trust in God and whether, the, whether, the, uh, whether you, He takes you out of problems or takes you through them. You'll know he's with me. He'll get me through. Uh, I've got my confidence in God. I've got my trust in God. So it's when the pressures come that you, whether you've got foundations or not. First John 1 and 6 tells us, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 1 John 2 and 4 says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. James 1, to 25 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, he shall be blessed in his deed. James 2, 14 to 20. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, Can faith save him? The answer is no, by the way. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be ye warmed and filled, and notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if he hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? It's nothing. Faith, I have faith, I have faith. Well, we need to see faith by the way you behave. Christ-like behavior tells me that you have faith in God. I made up mine. In fact, in Luke chapter 6, uh, verses 47 to 49, it tells the same story about the builders. And in Luke it says uh, of the wise man that he dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. So he, it wasn't that he just built on a rock, but he dug deep. He actually put a lot of effort in putting down a foundation to build his house upon. And it goes on to say that the other man 
uh, was he built his house without a foundation. He just put it straight on the sand and figured that would be good enough. And we, we, can, we can desire to have good, good, uh, we want to look good. But we need to get a foundation that's solid. And before we get eager on building our house to the Lord, we need to make sure we've got solid foundations. Put some effort into it. And we, don't, we cannot afford to take those things of repentance, baptism, infilling the Holy Ghost, holy living uh, as uh, just, a, just nothing. They're the foundation. And the Word of God, we need to get into it so we, we have a solid, we are on Jesus Christ, the solid rock. And if we, if we have good, solid roots, the, when things shake, we, we have a confidence in God. We are not deterred when pressures come because we are secure in Him. But if, you have, if, you're not, if you're not putting this into action, you, start, you, you are weak. You do not have the comfort of knowing God will take care of us. God will watch over us. Titus chapter 2 verse 14 tells us, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. A lot of scriptures actually talk about good works. And our good works, they're not of us. Any good thing in me, I'm just full of rottenness. But when God gets into my life, anything you see good in me is God being manifest through me. It's not us. It's not my good. And my good works is just filthy rags. It's God transforming a life, changing a life. We do what? We want good works that glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Because he's, it's Him doing the work. But it's going to cost us something. And, and we need to be people that have got a made-up mind today. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve Him today. Because pressures are going to come. Trials are going to come. And when the trials come, you'll see what your house is built of. But when you find out what it's built of in a storm, it's too late. It's too late. We need to be building that foundation now. And if you haven't built a solid foundation, I encourage you to start again. God, I need a brand new start. I need a fresh start because I want this thing to last for eternity. When the pressures come, my confidence is in you. My, my, my trust is in you. Praise the Lord. Thank you.